So I want to discuss. This is the part five, the final episode of the Humanizing Sex Worker series. Healthiknow.com, your guide to ethical porn. What makes it different and where to find it? Technology and Health I Know, September 14, 2021, 5.30 a.m. Consent, respect, and diverse body types. Yes, please. There are a lot of issues with mainstream porn. It tends to be totally centered on what's hot for men. It can often depict women in a degrading or dehumanizing way and isn't always made or shared in a way that's fair or respectful to the performers. So if you've been dissatisfied with most mainstream porn you come across, ethical porn might be the answer. Here's what makes ethical porn different and where to find it. What is ethical porn? Ethical porn, sometimes called feminist porn or fair trade porn, is pornography that's made consensually, treats performers with respect, and pays performers and filmmakers fairly for their work. There is a mutual understanding among everyone on the film set. Everyone knows and feels comfortable with what's happening. Ethical porn validates the needs, boundaries, and, and curiosities of the performer, sex therapist Camille Lewis, AMFT tells MBG. Also, often shows more realistic depictions of sex, including people with diverse body types, queer relationships, and real female pleasure. One study found every one in four people visit porn websites with women. Ethical porn attempts to cater to that, offering scenes that aren't solely centered around the male gaze, J-Z-E. Ethical porn is inclusive, creative, and consensual, Lewis says. Components of ethical porn, as an alternative to mainstream porn, ethical porn takes certain items into consideration when producing a film. How do you know if a platform is adhering to ethical standards? What ethical standards are they adhering to? One, the performers and filmmakers get paid fairly. Prio probiotic plush. Beat the bloat and feel and look your best. Okay. Here's another advertisement. Here we go. Ethically produced adult films recognize performers as workers who must be fairly compensated, just like any other actor or any other type of employee in the world. The same goes for everyone else on set. This is why you generally have to pay for these platforms. Two, it's usually not free. There are some exceptions to this, but in general, there's usually a cost involved to view ethical porn films to make sure performers and filmmakers are paid fairly. The money is used to pay everyone included in the process to ensure a film is created in a safe space. Three, it's made in a safe environment that treats performers with respect. Centralizing the physical and emotional safety of performers is essential in creating ethical porn, Lewis explains. That means performers aren't pressured into doing things they don't want to do or put in unsafe or, or compromising situations ever. Performers are people with feelings and opinions that deserve to be listened to just like anyone else. Making sure they're comfortable and relaxed is necessary to create anything ethical. Four, it shows real sexual pleasure. A key component of ethical porn is accentuating what pleasure looks like, particularly pleasure for people with vaginas. A lot fewer fake orgasms and immediate arousal and a lot more giggling and skin-to-skin -skin closeness. Sex can be messy and romantic and passionate. Five, it's created for all kinds of viewers. Mainstream porn has left us with a male-dominated outlook of what sex is meant to look like, feel like, and even sound like. Ethical porn, on the other hand, often showcases what sex looks like from various perspectives and understands that people with vaginas not only watch porn but enjoy porn. Six, it shows diversity across body size, race, sexuality, age, and ability. 
Mainstream porn tends to forget about the way the rest of the world looks, the fluidity of sexuality, the fact that every age adult group has sex. But ethical porn platforms aim to feature people from all walks of life. The more inclusive, the better. After all, it's nice to see someone who looks like us in the erotic film we're watching. Seven, everything is created and shared consensually. Consent is such a crucial part of what makes mainstream porn seem icky. Sometimes it seems unclear whether the people in a film had agreed to what was happening. There are many stories of performers who are hit with last-minute scene changes that leave attention on set. Ethical porn has none of that. Everything is created with enthusiastic consent from everyone involved and shared with everyone's consent. Everyone involved is old enough to consent to sex and give an opportunity to state what sexual activities they do or don't feel comfortable doing at any time. Uh, places to watch ethical porn. Here's a list of platforms to help get you started on looking for ethical porn. That said, it's a good idea to put in your own research, truly dig into any platform you're considering using to make sure they're truly ethical, not just using the label and align with your values. Warning, these are all obviously NSFW links. I also say not safe for school NSFS links to Pinklabel.tv. Pinklabel.tv by filmmaker Sean Lewis Houston is a platform that explores the fluidity of sexuality and features performers who are queer, trans, people of color, people with disabilities, and older folks. Houston created Pinklabel.tv to provide emerging filmmakers with access to ethical production, sexual health resources, and a global audience. I would gladly be a performer with Pink Label. That TV. Balesa. Balesa is a porn company run by women and making films that cater to women. At Balesa, we believe that sexuality on the internet should depict women as we truly are. As subjects of pleasure, not objects of conquest, according to their website. They offer videos, cams, and a written erotic story. I would gladly be a performer for Balesa. Kink.com. Kink.com is a platform that highlights BDSM and fetishes. This platform works to destigmatize the shame that surrounds kink and represent various members of society, particularly people of color. I will gladly be a performer with kink.com. Bright Desire. Bright Desire strives to illustrate all the things we love about sex, the intimacy, the fun, the passion. The platform includes scenes of real life couples exploring themselves sexually and embracing the pleasure they feel without a script. Filmmaker Miss Naughty says her films are holistic and that more then genitals are shown. You see the sweat, shudders, and vinegar stroke expressions too. I'll gladly be a performer for Bright Desire. Make Love Not Porn. Cindy Gallup credit Make Love Not Porn MLNP in order to showcase what real sex looks like and every flavor. Real couples and individuals sending their erotic videos and get paid for them. People can remain anonymous if they choose and they can also move their videos from the platform at any time. I will gladly be a performer for Make Love Not Porn. I feel myself. I feel myself as a platform that shines a light on female self-pleasure. Yes, this includes portraying the female orgasm in its most raw form. This platform allows contributors to share their videos in exchange for payment. I feel myself always a form for consumers to interact with one another about the content they're watching. I would gladly be a consumer for I feel myself. I wish they would allow me to be a performer. I'm sad. <laughs> SSSH, SSSH is a crowdsourced erotic film platform that dives into the fantasies and desires shared among their members. 
by combining porn and artistry through the use of storytelling uh, techniques like virtual reality VR and narrative. Their storylines stimulate both the mind and the body. Light Southern. Wait a minute, before I finish with Light Southern, I will gladly be a performer for SSSH. Absolutely, as I said before in the last episode. As you can tell, I'm having fun. All right, Light Southern. <laughs> Light Southern is, a, is an Aussie platform created by Michelle Flynn that strives to create really good porn for everyone and does that by showcasing realistic sex, bodies touching, various positions, and intimate situations. It's one of the few porn platforms that offers consumers access to features like director's cuts, film festival cuts, and behind-the-scenes footage. I will gladly be a performer for Light Southern. Frolic Me. Frolic Me is created with couples and people with vaginas in mind. This platform depicts the art of mutually consenting sex between adults. They focus on female pleasure and pa female pleasure and passion. In addition to adult films, Frolic Me offers other erotic mediums like articles and audio. I would gladly be a performer for Frolic Me. Audio porn. Audio porn is easy to produce ethically because performers don't need to physically engage in sex acts and have their image shared. Erotic audio platforms also tend to cater to women and genders other than men as they focus on storytelling. I will gladly be an audio porn performer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dipsy. Dipsy is audio porn that celebrates healthy sex by offering clips for every flavor, interest, or fantasy. They have a story studio where scripts are written in-house and they partner with voice actors, all of which are paid. Monthly subscriptions start at $9. I would gladly be a porn performer for Dipsy. That's audio porn for them. Quinn. In an effort to make people feel comfortable in their bodies and with their sexuality, Carolina Spiegel created Quinn. The free audio platform that has every ounce of eroticism without the length. Think quick clips of porn without the visuals. I'll gladly perform for Quinn. And sounds of pleasure. Sounds of pleasure. The free audio platform hosts on Tumblr. They set list of clips that feature the titillating aspects of sex like happy breathing, respite voices, and moaning. I will gladly be a performer for sounds of pleasure and i don't want to leave erica lust hanging so i will gladly be a performer for erica lust films i will gladly be a performer for X Confessions. I will gladly be a performer for Lust Cinema. These are all owned by Erica Lust. I will gladly be a performer for 
Erica Love and her companies and her platforms, all of them. I will gladly be a part of Lust Sign, the uncensored mag. I would love to do porn films and porn series by Erica Lust. I will. As a performer, I absolutely will. I want to make sure that I'm not missing out. I would gladly be a performer for hellcinema.com. That has Erica Lust on there. And I would gladly be a person you can get things for at store.ericaleft.com where you can get me. I will gladly do these things. I'm just being honest. Um, I'm serious about these things. Okay. So concerns with ethical porn. Just because a platform or film production house labels their films ethical porn does not necessarily mean that it's really made ethically, especially since not everyone agrees on what exactly makes a film as production ethical, right? Um, yes, we do have to be aware of deceit and fraudulence. Much like organic seems to have no clear meaning for food, I'm not sure what ethical means, but porn researcher and, neuro and neuroscientist Nicole Pross, PhD, says it has ethical porn platforms and film companies should clarify their stance what exactly makes their films ethical and helps consumers by being more specific about how they think they're honoring ethical concerns. Whether that be how they pay their performers, how they prioritize consent, plainly laid out explanations would ease many concerns consumers have about finding ethical porn platforms to support. As individual viewers, Lewis emphasized the, Lewis emphasized the importance of doing your research. That means potentially following a favorite performance on social media platforms such as Twitter. Those platforms give performers a voice so you might be able to see what their thoughts are on particular scenes or platforms, she explains. It also will give the opportunity to follow some of their workers produced independently or not on mainstream sites, the bottom line. An effort to change the way our society perceives sex ethical porn provides the opportunity to bask in sex positive experiences without feeling guilty about our search history. However, you prefer to engage in porn, make sure you're paying attention to the company supporting, opt for companies who are inclusive, treat the performance with respect, and encourage a sex positive message. All of it, all of it takes a little digging and diligence. And Frost adds, when you identify one that fits your values, support its production by consistently paying or rating the content well. Actually, Frost, um, Nicole Frost, the research no scientist, she pretty much answered on questions when she was trying to know what ethical porn means. She just answered it towards the end. And what I like about the porn companies, they don't lie. They tell the truth about their perfections and imperfections, right? Um, oh, I want to say this. I must, must say this. That I have really thought deep and serious about this topic that I want to go over. I decided I want to be a mainstream porn performer. I want to be a mainstream porn pornographer. Here's how I'll do those, how do both. I will only do the type of porn that is ethical and feminist. 
I will only do the type of porn that is queer, positivity, sex positivity, and body positivity. Those are the only types of porn I will do when it comes to mainstream porn as a pornographer and as a porn performer. So yes, I'll be doing mainstream porn, but I'll only be doing mainstream porn that specializes in ethical porn and feminist porn, right? I'll only be doing the mainstream porn that specializes in ethical feminist porn, both as a pornographer and as a porn performer. So I must admit, I recently I have witnessed and self-pleasure to mainstream porn. Only the ones that specialize in ethical feminist porn. I do witness and self-pleasure to ethical feminist porn, sex positive porn, um, body positivity porn, queer positivity porn, you know, that's human diversity positivity porn. That's the one I love. But I decided to be rare in self-pleasure and witnessing um, ethical porn, feminist porn, all types of porn, right? Uh, because for this other special reason, I want to do the real life sex having more than watching it. I want to be pleasured by real life sex having I'm having been watching it. And this other special reason, other unique, other reasons actually. I want to make sure that I'm doing the these things in moderation. I have sex in moderation. When it comes to partners, the numbers show my moderation. My porn viewing and porn self-pleasuring are in moderation. Um, my um, self-pleasuring is in moderation too. My kissing is in moderation. And what does moderation mean for me when it comes to the world of porn? Every six months or once a year or three times a year. That's what moderation means for me when it comes to porn performing and as well as being a pornographer. Now, when it comes to my real life, how do you stick to moderation? Well, what moderation means for me in my real life outside of porn is um, I never have the mentality of run through as many people as you can sexually.
at the same time, I do not practice celibacy ever. Um, I'm not underfucked, I'm not overfucked either. I'm not saying that celibate people are underfucked. That's not what I'm saying. I'm also not saying, I'm also not saying that promiscuous people are overfucked. I'm not saying that either. What I'm saying is, is that I'm in the middle. When it comes to my future adult triple X career, as well as my real life, um, I pick high quality hearted partners. They're the right partners to me and I'm the right partner to them. That's how my ethical non-monogamy works. I decided the ways that I do it are there's always safe sex and safer sex, meaning there's always safe sexual health practices that are sound-minded all the time, every time. There's always an willingness and openness to being tested, but I don't engage myself sexually in ways where I'm tested all the time, no. I decided to be a rare time pornographer, a rare time porn performer. One to three times a year or every six months, right? And in my real life, I space it out just like I do in my future adult career aspirations. When it comes to my real life, I space it out because I don't want too many partners, but I also don't want not enough partners, but I also don't want to live a life without a partner. You know what I'm saying? Because I know myself sexually. I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong, I have gratitude, contentment, appreciation, thankfulness for um, myself, my partners, and all the things we say, do, think, and feel when it comes to each other. Um, so I'm not bitter or malicious or greedy or materialistic. I'm none of those things. Because I have to honor my ethical non-monogamy, but I also have to honor my physical health and my mental health too. So that's something that I do uh, keep in mind. Okay, I'm a fair trade porn star. Yes, I am. I'm an ethical porn star. I'll say that for the last time. I'm a feminist porn star. Yes, the hell I am. I'm also a mainstream porn star.
That's the fuck I am on that. And you already know what type I mentioned. So I don't have to go deeper into that anymore. So I read this article before, but you'll get something new out of it, trust me. By a man in Chattel and Grin, Griffin Wine, updated September 9, 2021, originally published May 2018. 12 pleasures to watch actual porn that focus on female pleasure. Erotic content you can feel good about getting off to. All you have to do is watch a few minutes of mainstream porn and realize that plenty of it is demeaning and degrading towards women. And it's not just in front of the camera that these things play out behind the camera. Countless allegations have surfaced about unethical behavior, including claims of sexual assault on porn sets. Because it's a male-dominated film, it could be hard to find pornography that's both ethical and appeals to women's desires. That's where feminist pornographer Erica Lust comes along. When Lust launched her crowdsourced project, Ex-Confessions of Dallas 13, she had physicians that offer alternatives to the porn that was already out there by offering sex-positive erotic films that, unlike so much mainstream porn, actually censored women to pleasure people assigned female at birth ASAB, and of course she wanted to do it ethically. Okay, give me just a few moments. I'm responding to a text message. So it won't be super quiet. You're like, what? Antonio, say something. I don't want to hear silence. That's not what I came to the podcast for. Okay, I'm done with the text. Okay, let's get back. The concept of ethical as it relates to adult content production is complex, less tells bustle. It's important to say there's not yet a consensus about what at it's important to say there's not yet a consensus about what exactly it is, but in simple terms, ethical porn cares about the performer's welfare. It is adult cinema where consent has been given for every part of the film from all parties involved. This means consent regarding the sexual acts being performed, but also the rate of pay they are receiving. Personal limits and boundaries are respect, and the performer can stop shooting at any moment if they feel uncomfortable. Everything is done under a safe sex environment. Good working safety conditions and labor rights for performers and crew. This environment emphasizes safety and mutual respect. According to Aisha Hassan, Hussein, I'm sorry, a sex and porn coach. Ooh, I want to be a porn coach. I want to be a porn activist. I want to be a pleasure activist. You know, I want to be a sex activist. Hell yeah. And founder the Violet Ethical. I want to be a sex coach too, and a sex therapist, and a sexologist. Yes. Okay. Cortaisha Hussein, a sex and porn coach, porn activist, founder the Violet. Ethical porn could be more enjoyable for women to watch if they're less likely to be triggered or upset by something they see or hear. Ethical porn creates safety and a sense of intimacy that can be felt off screen, Hussein tells Bustle. And just because it's made ethically, this kind of porn isn't necessarily the slower, softer kind of spoon sex is often associated with. People can have healthy, consensual, aggressive sex. I do, personally, says 
Lola Jean, a sex educator and mental health professional. I want to be a sex educator too. It sh it shouldn't it just shouldn't be the it should it just shouldn't be that we only see abusive porn, women being submissive, or the person with the penis ejaculating. It's it's the variety. We need more things available. By the way, this difference between rough sex porn and abusive porn. Rough sex porn, good. The abusive porn, we already know that the word abusive gets itself way self-explanatory. Give me just a moment. I have to respond to another text. I'll be doing the D D D D D. I'll 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 just um. I'll just have to pause. Um, I'll come back to this more in the morning. Family, my one of my mother figures. Hello, everyone. So I'm going to go back to an episode um, continuation. I meant to say, I actually meant to continue this episode. Um, I finished uh, conversing with the person for, for right now. I'll converse with them later. Um, and so we may plan to talk at a later time. But what I will do is start right now and finishing a very important discussion, right? So I left off with um, the conversation of the 12 places, okay? Here we go. So I left off with saying people have healthy, consensual, aggressive sex, says Lola Jean, sex educator, mental professional. And I admit that I do have healthy, consensual, aggressive sex. I'm a sex educator. I want to be a sex educator. Like I said earlier, I want to be a sex coach, sexologist, sex therapist. I want to be a porn activist. I want to be a sex activist. I want to be a pleasure activist, right? I want to be a porn, porn entrepreneur. And... I want to be a porn coach, okay? It, sh it just shouldn't be that we only see abusive porn, women being submissive, or the person with the penis ejaculating. It's a variety. We need more things available. And I admitted that rough sex porn is good. Abusive porn is so self-explanatory that it's obvious how we all should feel about abusive porn, right? Since the launch of Lust's Ex-Confession 2013, Erica Lust, like I said earlier, Hussein says there's been an online boom of this kind of porn in the last five years. So if you're looking for a variety of ethical porn sites, there are 12 places to start. Uh, one, L Cinema, formerly eroticfilms.com, not safe for work, not safe for school. It's one of Lust's own sites. It's a pay-per-view catalog of the best in indie adult cinema from across the globe, says Lust. All the films licensed, they're ethically made, produced, and distributed. There's a big arousing catalog, including romance, BDSM, massage, LGBTQIA+, and group from a number of international directors. Using, use this site if you're seeking beauty, realism, sex positivity in your porn and want to know that it was made in an ethical way. It's the model. Life is too short for bad porn. Although Erica Lust may be the biggest thing in feminist pornography, this site is a perfect way to get acquainted with other feminist ethical porn directors from all over the world. When I, as I advance, like I say, 
for the last time, I'm going to be an ethical porn director, me. I'm going to be a feminist porn director, me. Okay, two, four chambers. Ooh, specializing in highly stylized short films is crowdfunded production company, Four Chambers, and not safe for work, not safe for school, is making films that are part art project, part erotic cinema, says Lust. Their beautiful aesthetic subverts the established archetype what sexuality should be and truly push the boundaries of erotic filmmaking. I would love to be a performer for uh, Four Chambers. All right. Pink Label TV third. This is the last time I repeat it, you know. Found in 2013 by director Sean Lewis Houston, PinkLabel.tv, not safe work, not safe school, as a hub for emerging independent adult filmmakers, says Lust. The host is some of the sexiest, most inclusive queer and feminist porn is a helpful resource for emerging and independent filmmakers looking to enter the porn business ethically. Queer trans people of color as well as older people, people with disabilities are a large part of its community. Like all things in life, porn should be inclusive. I agree. Porn should be inclusive. More importantly, porn should make people who have been historically marginalized never doubt their belonging, including people such as myself, me. Uh, four, Joy Bear. Describe themselves as very British, very naughty, would not be let down by Joy Bear. And I say for work, I go to school, which has been making sex positive erotic films since 2003, says Lust. They have an amazing attitude towards sex and take pride in interesting, strong, and provocative female characters. As a porn site that's provocative female characters, as in female characters that are multidimensional, not some cliche of what a woman should be. Finally, Hollywood, take notes. I would love to be a performer for Joy Bear. Five, Bright Desire. Um, describing their films as a select, describing their films as a, as a celebration of sex, Bright Desire depicts sex in a smart, positive, and fun way since last. By the way, these are all not safe work, not safe for school. I just don't feel like repeating the NSFW, NSFS thing all the time. Okay. There's a big focus on realism, and the video shows real connection, intimacy, laughter, and pleasure. A lot of the videos feature real-life couples. The scenes are shot in collaboration with the performers. You can watch interviews and behind-the-scenes footage. And sex in all its realms definitely calls for a celebration. Jackie St. James, number six. Adult movie writer-director Jackie St. James shows some hot sex, says Lust. She wants to change women's views on sexuality and help them embrace their own desires. She's best known for BDSM themes, which are explored in her ever-popular The Submission of Emma Mark series. And after feeling unhappy with the way BDSM was portrayed in Fifty Shades of Grey, she created the erotic mini-series Submission for Late Night Cable TV, which explores a thrilling BDSM Love Triangle. Although Fifty Shades of Grey did a lot of women in favor by opening their eyes to BDSM, many people in the BDSM community were less than thrilled with the depiction of BDSM relationships in the movie. Not only does St. James write those wrongs, but does so in a way that promotes while embracing one sexuality so paramount. I would love to be a performer for Jackie St. James. Uh, seven, Light Southern Cinema. Founder, director of Light Southern Cinema, Michelle is amazing, says us. Her four-part film, Momentum, is one of my favorites. The cinematography and camera work, nostalgic storyline based on a sexually explorative period of the 1970s, the beach landscape, the beach landscapes, the diverse body types, the authentic sex. As company states, Light Southern celebrates people celebrating themselves. Ex-Confessions, number eight. Of course, I couldn't make a list of the top places to watch ethical porn without including my own site, says Les. 
X Confessions is the crowd-sourced project. And I started 2013 after becoming tired with the same old porn storylines and cliches repeated on a lot of mainstream sites, mainstream porn sites. Users submit their anonymous sexual confessions, fantasies, and desires to the website. Each month, I choose two to turn them into an artistic, explicit short film. Everything is made under my ethics for new adult cinema. Ah, Afterglow. Launch from an Indiegogo 2020. Afterglow is a crowdfunded feminist porn and sexual wellness site. Themed highly quality erotic content curated for sexual wellness, focused on pleasure for everyone. Afterglow looks like glossier for sex. Will fill your screen with nice colors and actors with line tattoos. If you like seeing stylish bedrooms and sit on camera, check it out. I would love to be a performer for Afterglow, so I can definitely enjoy the Afterglow after, and I can feel that Afterglow for sure enduring. Mmm. Ten. Make love, not porn. Started by advertising mogul Cindy Gallup, Make Love Not Porn is like social media, but for sex. Users can upload their own solo or partner content. He has the ability to comment and share on videos within the site. The site promotes real people having real sex when he won't see any oiled up actors saying cheesy lines. You always been interested in voyeurism and just want to see people actually in love going at it. This site is for you. 11. Indie Porn Revolution. Formerly nofolks.com, Indie Porn Revolution is a woman-run porn company started by Courtney Trouble, a self-proclaimed genderqueer fat thin porn star. Started, started in California in 2002, Indie Porn Revolution is the longest-running indie queer porn site on the internet. If you're looking for body-positive porn that passes an array of queer and trans identities and shows lots of consent aftercare, check it out. I would love to be a performer for Indie Porn Revolution. Okay, 12. The Crash Pass is like the fun lesbian bar porn, though it's centered around queer women. There's something for everyone. Led by director Sean Lewis Houston, Crash Pass is full of strap-on content, kink and BDSM, vaginal orgasms, and aftercare and check-ins. If you're passionate about seeing different types of queer sex that focus on Black and Indigenous people of color, BIPLC, Crash Pad may be the one. If you found that mainstream porn just doesn't do it for you, then it's time to branch out and try other sites. Although you should know that it won't be free, consider, considering what you're getting, you'll probably be okay with paying for it. You're going to need to start paying for your porns as much, because if you're not paying for it, who is? How are the performers and production company, all the people involved in the process of making money? Right? In the same way that we pay for every other product, paying for porn gives money directly back to the people making the content. For that person or company to be able to keep making porn. Ethical porn and sexing, female pleasure from the center point, it's bound to get you off. And, and, all the porn that I all the porn, the porn, all the porn farming I can't do when it comes to certain sites when it says, you know, lesbian. I want to be a producer for the porn that I specifically can't do if it says, you know, lesbian or just for for just for women. Um, I'll just produce in those. Everything else, I want to perform. Okay, um, I do. I want to play every role that you can. All the types of porn I've mentioned in earlier episodes, but for the ones I specifically can't perform in, I'll do all the other roles, except the performance, of course. But yes. Um, I think this is just awesome. I, I feel this way.
uh, I want to make sure I'm not repeating myself. So this is what I will be uh, definitely saying. Hmm, making really, really deeply. Here we go. Extramagazine.com. Everything you want to know about making porn, but we're too afraid to ask. Queer Perform Educator Lotus Lane on getting started making porn, driving over the long term, why we all should be paying for porn. By Andy Bandio Pad De Hay. June 10, 2021, 8 o'clock East Coast time. I help people talk about sex and money. I adore these subjects because they're both wrapped in shame, secrecy, and bad advice. I feel the same way too, by the way, you're sure does. Opening the door and letting a little sunlight in can help and can okay opening the door letting a little sunlight in can help us all unwind breathe look our fears in the eyes and choose how to move forward with agency pornography sits squarely in the intersection of sex and money in the united states alone the adult website industry is estimated to be a, a u.s dollar amounts of 770 775 million dollars market growing at a rate of 13.8% year over year. And that since porn is serious business. And like with any other industry, some companies are known for paying and treating people well, while others are known to be abusive workplaces. This Free Speech Coalition, FSC, is a trade association whose mission is to protect the rights and freedoms of both the workers and business in the adult industry. As is the industry relations advocate at FSC, queer performer Lotus Lane, spends her days helping newcomers to the industry navigate careers in porn. Extra reached out to Lane to talk about what would be performers need to know, how to thrive over the long term, why audiences would feel better about themselves if they actually pay for their porn. Tell me about your role with the Free Speech Coalition. I got started with the Free Speech Coalition in 2017. I pitched the executive director on a role to help fill in the gaps from the performer production company outside of political campaigns. Historically, the FSC was most active during No to Prop 60, a California law that nearly passed 2016, which would have required porn performance use condoms during shoots, and, and similar things that affect our community. When those things died down, there was no real connection. So I pitched the idea of an industry relations advocate to be the liaison between what people are hearing and experiencing on actual production sites and the board. What are people's concerns with regard to safety, testing, all that good stuff? Now we're doing more of the Inspire program, which I launched to help industry newcomers know what they're going to need to successfully navigate the adult industry. It stands for Industry Newcomer Support Program. It really exists. We recognize that there's an information gap between successful performers and performers who could have been more successful or who could have left the industry with a more positive experience. The Inspire program informs people of their rights and their responsibilities as workers. The adult, the adult industry, like other industries, is shifting toward independent creators. You are your own business, you need to know how to manage your own business things. At FSC, we are the industry's trade organization, not the industry's HR department. There is no HR department. So if you have concerns, you're not speaking up, advocating for yourself, there's not much anyone can do besides further informing so you can be better prepared in the future. We're just trying to close the gaps and inform people so they know how to protect themselves. What rights do porn performers have? APAC, the adult performer advocacy, the adult performer advisory committee has a bill of rights in a bullet point format. But to keep it simple, I would just say informed consent. You have the right to know what you're getting into and what your responsibilities are up front before you agree to do anything. Yes, and it sounds like the way you're phrasing it, it it's informed consent about all of the parts. What does consent mean? 
what's the legal stuff? What's the accounting stuff? What's actually happening on set? Yeah, because that's what gets people into trouble. They may be informed by recruiters that if they sign up for this site, they're going to make $10,000. But then they realize they signed an exclusive contract and now they're stuck on this site and can't go elsewhere. And that's not informed. Same thing when you get to set. You go expecting it's going to be a simple man slash woman scene, but then it turns into a man slash woman anal scene and you're not prepared. There's so many different ways that consent is violated financially, emotionally, physically. So the major thing that people need to be aware of is informed consent across the board in all areas of interactions. What's an example of a common misconception that people have about their responsibilities? I would say to read your contract and know what you're signing. If you signed a contract and later you say, this person is doing me wrong because they put this video everywhere, but you sign a contract that let them have the rights to put it elsewhere, sure, it seems fucked up, but you agree to it. It's your responsibility to know what you're signing and getting into. It's also your own responsibility to ask questions. There's no boss taking care of you. Even with agents, they're not on set saying, hey, make sure you ask your coworker if he has a valid test and verify it. We try to do all these things and set people up for success, but if a performer is advocating for themselves, being aware, being present, being engaged and involved in their own business, those are responsibilities you have to uphold. It's not to put the blame on anybody. It could be hard to push back for your newcomer, but scared to rock the boat or if you really need the paycheck to make rent, for example. But you have to advocate for yourself because it's not like you have an HR department to consult. So if there's no HR, what's the difference between working with a major studio versus going independent? Say someone's trying to do the major studio track. The best bet would be to get with an agency. But independent performers can work with top production studios too. If they build their own name and following enough to catch attention, if they network with the right people, give them the right email addresses. If you don't care about the major studio network, you can just be independent. People are starting their own mini vids, only fans, and Pornhub accounts, so they're not dependent on agencies or studios. There are even people who never top. There are people. There are even people who never touch the top production studio side of the industry and stay independent the whole time. And they've been working for nine or ten years. That said, if you're going to try to chase the mainstream track, it's still mainstream. It's going to be ruthless. You're going to be super critical about your body and the differences or uniqueness you think is cool. Porn is still the entertainment business. How do independent versus studio performers make money? On the independent content creator track, you get paid in the long run. But up front, you're paying for your own testing, shoot location, iPhone, camera equipment, whatever you need. Down the line, as you sell your videos and clips, that's how you make your money back. In the major studio system, you're not responsible for the cost of the shoot. You get paid the same day or if they're a really corporate super studio in two weeks on their payroll. Some studios do payroll every 30 days, so you might wait a month to get paid. One of your responsibilities as a performer is to be aware of your income flow. It sounds like you basically need to think about yourself as a business. Yes, yes, yes. You need to obtain your own insurance, rental, life, health, etc. Set aside your own money so that when tax season comes, you can pay it. File your own taxes and all those business owner things. We try to at least get people aware of the fact that no one else is doing this for you. Or just like any other artists, even the mainstream modeling industry has versions of OnlyFans that subvert agents, so models can get straight bookings direct to the model agency. What does a thriving career in the industry look like over the long term? The ability to know how to take breaks and still have money, whatever that funding is coming, whether that funding is coming from passive income or because you have another skill. 
you take your breaks, you're able to maintain yourself without falling into a desperate hole of needing to survive off of GoFundMe's, GoFundMe's or whatever else. And that all comes back to responsibilities. How have you managed your business? Did you pay your taxes? Did you save your money? Did you build enough nest eggs and different websites where you can generate money off of those upsells on an ongoing basis? I don't think enough sex workers seek out financial planning because they're real scared about people judging our job or not giving the right advice or just scamming us because of our job. Then we don't have anyone to report that exploitation to. Uh, through the FSC Inspire page, I found Lola Devena's De, De thriving sex workbooks, and they're so good. They address that shame and talk very candidly about financial, emotional resilience over the long term. Yeah, those books are really good. I thought every person needs to read this, whether they work in the adult industry or not, because all this stuff about managing fear and shame and working through your own issues. The cool thing about this industry is it's, it's helped me with so many emotions and conflicting messages we all get in the world and in life. I actually think that if any other job I would have, I would have had would have only encouraged those insecurities further. This industry actually freed me of them. Say more about that. That's really cool. When we try to avoid talking about things or hide things, we create shame. There's so much shame about body differences. You're on a porn set and you're about to get into an orgy, just a regular one-on-one -on -one scene with someone that may not be your ideal type, but your job is still to sell the ideal. You realize, wow, this person was able to give me pleasure, make me feel awesome. Being exposed to different kinds of bodies and seeing your counterparts in their fanship, F-A-N-S-H-I-P, you realize, wow, every type, wow, every type of body has fans. It gives you the opportunity to experience pleasure with bodies that on your own you may not seek out. Even being exposed to different kinds of bodies and seeing counterparts in a fanship, you realize, wow, every type of body has fans. I repeat, even the shame that I had about my body, there are people who love these things. They're my fans making me money off these things that I was about to plastic surgery away because I bought into the ideas other people were putting into my head. That's so interesting because earlier you talked about how ruthless and judgment of the mainstream studio performer track can be. There are mainstream performers who look literally perfect and have the biggest insecurities. Maybe it's because they've crafted such an image and a persona that they always have to look like that. I've crafted an image and a persona that is flexible and that helps me feel personally free from previous insecurities. Just know that as a performer, whatever you buy into, you're going to be held into it. With mainstream performers, their audience bought into them being the perfect image. What that real body changes, it's going to be harder on them than someone else. Maybe another performer would say, I'll eat this bag of M&Ms even though I know I have to work out. They'll eat two or three and then say, oh shit, I need to work out. And I'm not saying this in a bad way. It's the same way with athletes. They don't drink and party and do fun stuff that people their age normally do. They're focused. Allison Moon, in her interview about getting it, reminded the rest of us that performers are athletes, people who specifically train for this. Yeah, totally, especially when it comes to performers who do hardcore anal scenes. You have to clean out and take care of your digestive system, so it's a lot. You really are tuned into everything your body is going through. Your body is your instrument in a more profound way than a lot of people. That's a good way of putting it. Any little drink or dent or scratch, you're immediately polishing it and bumping it out. Whereas someone else like myself, independent content creators, we have more flexibility to become whatever shape we're going to become. Love it. So if you could give people who watch queer porn an overview of the industry, share without that how to explore. What would you tell them? I understand a lot of young people and a lot of queer people may have financial barriers. However, I will say it like this because it's the same thing in relation to any other food desert. There could be a table full of food, but it's all candy. That's free tube sites. Always there 
always abundant, colorful, flashy, easy. Why wouldn't you just eat that? It's fun. It makes you feel good. It's sweet. It hits the spot. But eventually you realize, oh, if I give a little more effort, go to the grocery store, fill the fridge with food, make that food, eat that food. Wow, I am nourished. And that food is the porn that you're paying for in searching, researching, and finding in other ways outside the free tube sites. That's beautiful. If somebody doesn't even know where to go to find nourishing porn, where would you direct them? At this point, there are a lot of articles in mainstream, gay, and indie queer publications that talk about where to find different kinds of porn. I would start with those simple searches and follow writers like Sophie St. Thomas and E.J. Dixon. It's really a question of research. I wish there was one central place to find all the good stuff, but the best way of finding it is to know what you're looking for and type that out. See what voices are repeatedly in that scene and listen to those voices for recommendation. Let's talk about why people should pay for porn. Why should you pay for it? Well, I mean, why should anyone pay you for your labor? There are thousands of people behind this labor of entertainment that's been created just for you. And I mean, if you don't want it to go away forever, you should pay for it. I always hear people complaining that they see too much incest porn. Why aren't you paying for something else? It's funny to me, people think there's so much incest porn on the internet. Are I already automatically know what kind of watcher they are. They must just watch free tube sites. I literally never see any incest porn. That's because I subscribe to the stuff I want to see. It's simple. You pay for cable because you're sick of the antenna networks. You pay for HBO because you're sick of cable. The less you pay, the lower the quality is. So you're basically watching, what is it, cable access network porn as opposed to the blockbusters you really want access to. I mean, I hope more people realize this and are willing to pay for porn. I hope so too. I want to end where I was leaving off. So I was in the middle of reading. I'm trying to remember where I'm sorry. Hold on, be patient with me. I was reading an amazing interview. Here we go. I found it. Thank you for waiting. Uh, so I last stopped. Okay, say more about that. That's really cool. We try to avoid talking about things or hide things. We create shame. There's so much shame about body differences. You're on a porn set and you're about to get into an orgy or just a regular one-on-one -on -one scene with someone that may not be your ideal type, but your job is to still sell the ideal. You realize, wow, this person was able to give me pleasure and make me feel awesome. Being exposed different kinds of bodies and seeing your counterparts in their fanship, you realize why every type of body has fans. It gives you the opportunity to experience pleasure with bodies that on your own, you may not seek out. Even being exposed to different kinds of bodies and seeing your counterparts in their fanship, you realize, wow, every type of body has fans. Even the shame that I, even the shame that I had about my body, there are people who love these things. Here are my fans making me money off these things I was about to 
plastic surgery away because I bought into that. I bought into the ideas that the people were putting in my head. That's interesting because earlier you talked about how ruthless and judgment of the mainstream studio performer track can be. Their mainstream performers look literally perfect, have the biggest insecurities. Maybe it's because they've crafted such an image and a persona that they always have to look like that. I've crafted an image and a persona that is flexible and that helps me feel personally free from previous insecurities. Just know that as a performer, whatever you buy into, you're going to be held into it. With mainstream performers, their audience bought them into being the perfect image unless they have real body changes. And it's going to be harder on them than someone else. Maybe another performer would say, I'll eat this bag of M&Ms even though I know I have to work out. They'll eat two or three and then say, oh shit, I need to work out. And I'm not saying this in a bad way. It's the same way with athletes. They don't drink and party and do fun stuff that people their age normally do. They're focused. Allison Moon, in her interview about getting it, reminded the rest of us that performers are athletes, people who specifically train for this. Yeah, totally, especially when it comes to performers who do hardcore anal scenes. You have to clean out and take care of your digestive system, so it's a lot. You really are tuned into everything your body is going through. Your body is your instrument in a more profound way than a lot of people. That's a good way of putting it. You know, any little ink or dent or scratch, they're immediately polishing it and buffing it out. Whereas someone else like myself or independent content creators, we have more flexibility to become whatever shape we're going to become. Love it. So if you could give people to watch queer porn and overview of the industry, share what's out there and how to explore, what would you tell them? I understand a lot of young people and a lot of queer people may have financial barriers. However, I will say it like this because it's the same thing in relation to any other food desert. Food dessert. Food desert, actually. There could be a table full of food, but it's all candy. That's free tube sites. Always there, always abundant, colorful, flashy, easy. Why wouldn't you just eat that? It's fun. It makes you feel good. It's sweet. It hits the spot. But eventually, you realize, oh, if I give a little more effort, go to the grocery store, fill a fridge with food, make that food, eat that food, wow, am I nourished. And that food is the porn that you're paying for in searching and researching and finding in other ways outside the free tube sites. That's beautiful. If somebody doesn't even know where to go to find nourishing porn, where would you direct them? At this point, there are a lot of articles in mainstream gay and indie queer publications that talk about where to find different kinds of porn. I would start with those simple searches and follow writers like Sophie St. Thomas and E.J. Dixon. It's really a question of research. I wish there was one central place to find all the good stuff, but the best way of finding it is to know what you're looking for. Type that out, see what voices are repeatedly in that scene, and listen to those voices for recommendations. Let's talk about why people should pay for porn. Why should you pay for it? Well, I mean, why should anyone pay you for your labor? There are thousands of people behind this labor of entertainment that has been created just for you. And I mean, if you don't want it to go away forever, you should pay for it. I always hear people complaining that they see too much incest porn. Why aren't you paying for something else? It's funny to me, people think there's so much incest porn on the internet. I already automatically know what kind of watcher they are. They must just watch YouTube sites. I literally never see any incest porn, but that's because I subscribe to the stuff I want to see. It's simple. 
you pay for cable because you're sick of the antenna networks. You pay for HBO because you're sick of cable. The less you pay, the lower the quality is. So you're basically watching, what is it, cable access network porn as opposed to the blockbusters you really want access to? I mean, I hope more people realize this and are willing to pay for porn. I hope so, too. It's absurd. You wouldn't walk into a movie theater and expect to not pay for a ticket. Right! Exactly. There's potential. If people realize that complaining into the void doesn't solve their problems. Let's say someone found work they love and they're going to go subscribe. How can somebody from the outside know if those performers and staff are actually being treated well? Research. Twitter's where performers talk about companies. They'll say, oh, this company is so awesome. They always treat me well. They're the ones I'll work for. Or for me, it's kink.com's little videos at the end of each clip that show the performers in normal mode with robes on, laughing and talking about how, laughing and talk about how much fun they have. If performers are actually excited to tweet about working with someone or a certain company, that's a good sign. Likewise, you will see people repeatedly talking about people that are offensive or that aren't that great to work with, especially if the comments are along the lines of, oh, that's not the first time. That might be an alarm to look out for. It's difficult because these things are randomly on Twitter. There's no central place where we say company A is awesome and company B sucks. Right, there's not a certified B Corp corporation or an organic food seal. Those kinds of things have been discussed before, but the industry isn't centralized. So for now, your best bet is to watch what performers are happy to promote or who they're happy to work with. What do you want to see next in the industry? I mean, I love all the wild freedom that we have. I would really love it if people could learn to be more respectful. A lot of the problems in our world boil down to communication. People need to be able to communicate better. Respect people's boundaries better. Be more aware of where to look for the right information to help them be successful. There are so many performers who still don't know about the FSC Inspire page, even though we tweet about it every week. I'll see or hear about someone who, after the fact, didn't know that they didn't have to do something, say, a particular sex act on set. And then they feel taken advantage of. One of the sad things is people are so eager to get on a set and fuck and make that first check from a sex act. But I wish people, when they enter this industry, no matter how young they are, how old they are, whatever job situations, whatever jobs or situations they came from before, would really do their best to constantly research and inform themselves. Is there anything you'd love to see in queer porn in particular? I would like queer porn from small indie feminist studio to take itself a bit more seriously. It doesn't always have to be a ragtag thrown together in the back of the garage type production. If you want to save your tax refund this year to start investing in better equipment or location rental to give us some stuff with a theme or a plot, that would be cool. I love my soft queers, but so many people think that's how you express queer sex. Can we not be raunchy? I would like more raunch. Also, queer porn does not have to be thoughtful and soft. You know, I'm queer. And I don't always enjoy thoughtful, soft sex. I mean, I love my soft queers, but so many people think that's how you express queer sex. Can we not be raunchy? I repeat, I would like more raunch. Much more of even appropriating some of the acts that are normalized in straight porn, but doing them in queer porn. I want to see a world where terms such as tattooed or babe could be applied to both you and I. I would like to see categories on porn sites being expanded and racist, transphobic terms being pushed out. I think that would really help everyone but especially the younger generation feel represented, feel like their sexuality belongs in the world. Anything else? Performers are people too. 
What a lot of viewers don't realize is that sometimes your favorite star is going through shit. And when I say going through shit, it's heavy, depressive, hardcore shit they don't put out in public. They may be dealing with a stalker or an ex-husband trying to sue them to take their kids away because they've been porn. And to performers, if they are trolls, don't fucking interact with them. Do not talk to them. I don't read the comments. I don't care. The people I care about are my actual paying fans on my page saying cool, nice, supportive, positive stuff to me. When the troll somehow finds his way onto my page and says some fucked up shit, all I do is delete it. I block, block it and I thrive. So that's my mantra to everybody. Delete, block, and thrive. That's probably useful advice for anyone on the internet. It should be a post-it note on our computers. Delete, block, thrive. Yeah, and that's how you maintain your happiness and longevity. Don't argue with those people. You only feed into the people that feed into your positivity. It'll keep happening. Yes. Delete fucked up shit. Block fucked up shit. And thrive. Because you are not the fucked up shit that is happening to you. You're not the fucked up shit that is trying to convince you that you are fucked up shit. And so that is what I wanted to be able to say and, and finish reading. I really like the FFC Inspire program. Um, I think I wish there was an HR department when it comes to the studios. I know that's different when it comes to the independent creators. Personally, I would love to be an independent adult content creator. I would love to be an independent porn creator personally. Uh, I think that would be awesome because you know I pay for everything. I get most of the money back or I make more money than the money I'm putting out. I think that's cool. Uh, I encourage more performers to either find a studio or a platform that, or a company or entity that is ethical in all of its practices or uh, make sure that you if you're able to be an independent performer, do it. Personally, I want to be an independent performer. I want to be an independent producer and independent pornographer myself. Um, just wanted to read that to you all. I think it's good to discuss these things. Uh, I want to make sure I'm not repeating. So. Okay, I want to... I'm just thinking. The adult industry can survive without government help. Here's why. The organizations that once protect porn industry rights now are helping to weather the storm. By Lynn Camilla, right? May 12, 2020. With many businesses across the country closed due to the COVID-19 pandemic, a national conversation taking place about industries and workers hit especially hard by work stoppages and how to help them. Like other industries, however, no federal bailout money is earmarked for pornography. Instead, the adult community led by the industry's main trade association, the Free Speech Coalition, is coming together to, is coming together to take care of its own. Established in 1991, the Free Speech Coalition is dedicated to, to protecting the First Amendment rights of pornography producers, 
distributors, retailers, and performers. Individuals have long been the target of government-led obscenity crackdowns and anti-pornography crusades. Ooh, personally, I would love to be a pornography distri distributor. Yes, I want to be a pornography producer. I want to be a pornography distributor. I want to be a pornography retailer. I want to be a pornography performer. I want to be a pornographer. All right. It also oversees a network of national testing sites that screen performance for HIV and sexually transmitted infections to ensure performer safety, providing a model for how organized testing and tracing works. These networks and connections are ideally suited for combating COVID-19. On March 15th of the day, California Governor Gavin Newsom issued an order instructing on non-essential businesses in the state to close. Michelle Le LeBlanc, Executive Director of the Free Speech Coalition, called for an immediate voluntary production hold for all, for all pornography filmed on set and launched a fundraising drive to financially assist performers and crew affected by the halt. With the support of individual donors and companies like Pornhub, the organization has raised more than $144,000 for worker relief with donations continuing to roll in. In many respects, the adult community is better situated than other industries to undertake such an effort. For over a half century, has worked together to fight for its First Amendment rights and advocate for the health and safety of performance in the face of concerted government campaigns to censor and undermine it. While the demand for pornographic material has existed for centuries, and the government has long attempted to censor material deemed obscene, it wasn't until the 1960s that a nascent pornography industry began to emerge. By the late 1960s, sex was increasingly making its way into public view through a rapidly expanding sexual consumer culture and adults-only media such as nude, cuties, plot-driven films featuring sensuous strip teases and naked women, art cinema, and low-budget sexploitation films. As American society became more sexually permissive, the result of shifting sexual mores and norms born out of 1960s countercultural movements, efforts to combat the smut industry and its allegedly destructive forces intensified. Despite these growing concerns, little was actually known about pornography and its effects and what role of any government should play a role and what role, if any, government should play in regulating it. It was against this backdrop that President Lyndon B. Lyndon Baines Johnson in 1967 established a presidential commission on obscenity and pornography. The commission's mandate was not to go after pornography, but to move beyond popular rhetoric, but to move beyond popular rhetoric and analyze pornography in a social scientific manner to broaden, to broaden the factual basis for future discussions and legislative uh, recommendations. In 1969, as the commission studied, a group of adult film producers, distributors, and exhibitors found that the Adult Film Association of America be becoming what, what one of its founders cheaply described as a kind of nudie NATO. <laughs> Ooh, I would love to be an adult film exhibitor. Learn more about myself. Concerned about ongoing harassment from law enforcement, including vice raids and arrests of theater owners, one of the group's first actions was to hire three leading First Amendment attorneys who put together a legal kit for members. In 1970, the commission released its findings, which caused an immediate uproar. The majority report found no evidence suggests pornography was harmful and called for the immediate repeal of all laws preventing adults from accessing its sexual materials. The reports as dissenters described it as a Magna Carta for the pornographer, and the Senate voted overwhelmingly to reject it. Vice President Spiro T. Agnew, speaking on behalf of the Nixon administration, assured Americans that as long as Richard Nixon was president, 
Main Street is not going to turn into Smut Alley. The report provoked outrage because it flew in the face of decades of opinion on the dangers of pornography stoked by pro-censorship groups that viewed such content as undermining the stability of both the family and the nation. Despite the efforts of these groups, the 1972 release of Deep Throat moved hardcore pornography from the cultural margins into the mainstream. The film became a cause celebre and helped usher in the era of porno chick. Yet, despite become porno chic, porno chic, um, porno chic. Yet, despite becoming one of the highest grossing films of all time, backlash continued to brew in part because as more Americans became exposed to pornography, more people were inspired to join the fight against it. Empowered by the 1973 Supreme Court decision in Miller versus California, which affirmed the place of local community standards for judging whether material was obscene. Numerous local jurisdictions tried to ban the film, which only encouraged more people to see it. Feminists also began organizing in opposition to what they saw as pornography's message of female degradation, presaging the rise of an organized anti-pornography feminist movement several years later. The pornography industry remained in legal and political process throughout much of the 1970s and 1980s. By the mid-1980s, adult video had overtaken film as pornography's dominant format moving the viewing of adults only fair from public theaters into the privacy of people's homes. To reflect these shifts, the Adult Film Association of America underwent several name changes, becoming the Adult Film and Video Association of America in 1986 before changing its name again to the Adult Video Association. In 1991, the organization merged with the Free Speech Legal Defense Fund to become the Free Speech Coalition. Alongside these changes, battles over pornography increasingly shifted from the courtroom to the ballot box. By the late 1990s, federal obscenity cases began to dwindle in large part because of the challenges of, of pursuing them in the internet age in which community standards, murky under the best of circumstances, became even more difficult to define due to the internet's geographically unbounded and global reach. Today, opponents increasingly position pornography as a public health crisis. And strategies to contain its allegedly harmful effects are focused in the legislative, legislative arena, such as Measure B, the 2012 ballot initiative in Los Angeles County, which made condoms mandatory for all adult films shot there, Prop 60, a similar statewide measure which had it passed in 2016, would have allowed California residents to sue individual performers for not wearing condoms. While some claim to be driven by public health concerns, others argue such measures or an effort to destroy the industry by making it more difficult to work. The organization of the adult industry itself has also changed dramatically over the past few decades due to various economic and technological shifts, including the 2008 economic crash, rampant piracy and the availability of free internet porn, the traditional studio system has waned. By contrast, adult webcamming and clip sites such as OnlyFans and MiniBits, which can be shot from the comfort of one's home, allow for personalized content, greater interactivity, and performer control have flourished. Today, porn stars are better thought of as what one researcher describes as porn-entrepreneurs. Ooh, I want to be a porn-entrepreneur. Small business owners who are responsible for shooting and marketing their own content and building and maintaining their personal brands across a number of different social media platforms. Given this decentralization, the Free Speech Coalition is doing what it can to keep performers safe, and provide some economic relief to those most in need during this uncertain time. As Mike Stable, the organization's director of communications, noted in an interview, 
The adult community has long relied on taking care of itself and has built an infrastructure to do so. They're not necessarily going to be saved by some outside benevolent force. COVID-19 may prove to be, in Stables' words, a real inflection point for the industry, not only in terms of its response, but also in positioning performance as small business owners in the real center of the industry. If so, the Free Speech Coalition will probably continue to adapt, providing the resources and support these small businesses need to fend off industry critics and whether, and whether this uncertain time is safe as possible. Um, I think for me, this is why every time I say I want to play a role in porn, I always talk about ethical porn, feminist porn, independent porn, ethical feminist independent porn, right? I think being ethicalness is the key. Um, of course, underage people should never be a part of the porn industry and sex industry in any kind of way. Um, not safe for children, right? And that's another NSF, NSFC actually. Not safe for children. That's the sex industry. That's the porn industry. They should not be playing any role in any industry such as those, right? Even the porn industry part of the sex industry. I get that, but um, it's not. Those industries are not safe for children. Therefore, they should not be viewing it at all. They shouldn't be touching themselves and self-pleasure to it at all. No, 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 no. Hell the fuck no. Hell to the motherfucking no. That's the truth. Um, and overall, I think in terms of the mandate, I think there should be when it comes to sex scenes and porn, I'm an advocate for safe sex environments. There's more than one way to have safe sex. There's more than one type of way to keep yourself from diseases and infections as long as people are doing those things regularly, like making sure that they have all of the sound-minded ways to keep themselves away from infection diseases, I'm all for it. I just don't want them infected, I don't want the disease. So, um, I want people to have safe sexual practices whenever it is that they're doing it in the scenes. You know, that's how I feel. Um, so, I'm gonna make sure I'm not repeating myself, right? This, I don't want to bore people. So you do have what is called the APAG. Um, they have a membership committee, legislative committee, fundraising committee, occupation discrimination, diversity committee, LGBTQI rights committee, performer rights committee, education committee, social media, steward committee, right? And Basically, the APHC they they are basically 
I'm gonna read this in short because I, I don't want to be too much, right? It says, become a member. Are you a current performer in adult films or webcam? Are you a clip creator or content creator? Do you do phone sex or work on sexing apps? Are you a retired performer from the adult film industry? APAGs organize your performers, past and present, to collective bargain, provide education, obtain protection of performer rights, become a part of the union, join APAG today. Um, And that's what they do. That's basically who they are. So basically, they're about employee rights, set performance responsibilities, uh, negotiate fair practice and fair wages, fight occupation discrimination, help performance provide themselves with a better future. Um, and they represent adult film performers, content creators, phone sex operators, webcam performers, adult art performers, audit artists content streamers and platform workers, right? They have over one, they have over 1,277 verified members strongly growing every day, right? But I stay, I'm sorry about that. Sorry for that noise. Um, sorry for that noise. But um, it's 1,277 verified members strongly growing every day. That's the APAG. And you also have like, Basically, a museum for and by sex workers. Um, I want to sum this up. The sex workers pop up challenge businesses to listen to the voices of sex workers who think how society defines work and resist the current norm of criminalizing sex workers as a performative or punitive tool. Um, you know, I'll read this a little bit. The exhibit also looked at how the criminalization models can create channels of justice and safety for sex workers. In most countries around the world, sex workers criminalize compromising sex workers' health and safety by driving sex work on the ground. Also, violate sex workers' right to free choice and employment makes it harder for sex workers to negotiate terms with clients, work more safely with other sex workers, and carry condoms without fear. That they abuse as evidence of prostitution. This thing was explored in Power Condom Police and the installation by Empower, a Thailand based sex workers activist group. The piece mocked the irrationality of condoms as evidence practices, which law enforcement officials around the world used to profile people as sex workers by patrolling the International AIDS Conference and accosting those who carry condoms. This practice, of course, only discourages sex workers from carrying condoms, increasing the risk of contracting sexually transmitted infections or unplanned pregnancies. Right. Right, so y'all y'all know this. I just wanted to see if there's anything new. Some people do it to explore their sexuality, as you know, support themselves and their families, flexibility can provide. Some people do it because of poverty, marginalization, or lack of other options to support themselves and their families. And some people do it because they love it. Some people have fun. And diverse reasons why people do sex work around the world. Sex workers is understood, misrepresented, stigmatized, still criminalized in most countries. Sex workers work, that's true. Sex work is real work. That's true. Um, trans sex workers, LGBTQIA plus sex workers, sex workers of color, BIPLC sex workers, Black indigenous people of color sex workers, immigrants, people with disabilities at a greater risk of violence and exploitation. You know, marginalized workers experience police violence at higher rates because of the surveillance of their communities, the hypervisibility of street-based workers, and widespread impunity. Right. 
a tributary piece by Red Canary Song entitled Mouth the Cold Mine Remembered. The 2017 death of Yang Song has become a symbol of the New York Police Department's history of violence against migrant massage parlor workers. So that's what's happened. So um, one more thing about this. Featured a wide range of art from still photography to short films explored a broad variety of themes from incarceration labor rights. For example, the artist community sex worker Jack the Stripper's cheeky single panel comics poke fun at the hypocrisy of horophobia and the behavior of many police officers indeed suffer. Law enforcement officer is shown coming to the rescue of a sex worker when, in fact, he has spoiled her chance of paying rent. They put rescue in uh, um, quotations. No matter the reason, consensual sex work should not be a crime. The criminalization of sex work should not sex workers the right to their body and labor and compromise their health and safety. Often, criminalization punishes sex workers under the guise of rescuing them from abuse. And they note that prisons do not rehabilitate. They are often sites of trauma and abuse for incarcerated people. Um, I struggle with the concept of prison, and I even struggle with the concept of prison abolition. I'll talk about that in other episodes. I struggle with it. Any concept that is rooted in duality of good and evil, I struggle with it intensely. It's mixed feelings, mixed bags of emotions. Can't be blamed for that. Um, the popular exhibit, which was sponsored by Open Society Foundation, co designed with sex worker activists, featured 21 artists from 10 different countries. Visitors were given the opportunity to listen to artists and sex workers themselves about how they are advocating for labor protections and human rights. So that's what's happening. Um, trying to, you know, trying to get to the point. And that's what I'm working on. Um, I think this is what I feel. A lot of people in sex work um, want to live life free from rape, murder, and robbery, and all kinds of violent crime. Um, and I pretty much know that consensual sexual behavior between people who are of age should never be shamed, right? We already know the equality model of uh, prostitution and the Nordic model. You know, we, you know, here's how it works. I'm gonna sum it up. The equality model criminalizes the buying of sex, but not the selling of sex. Sex workers are financially dependent on criminalized clients. Since sex workers need to be saved and denied in bodily autonomy, does not decrease exploitation of the commercial sex industry. Oh, so the equality models suck, okay? 
criminalization of sex work, reduces violence and exploitation while increasing public health and safety, recommended by Amnesty International, World Health Organization, improves sex worker health and safety while reducing sex worker homelessness, empowers sex workers to operate independently, reducing human trafficking. So the criminalization of sex work, good. The, the quality model of prostitution, bad. <laughs> okay. It's and the equality model is often called the entrapment Nordic model of prostitution governance. I strongly agree. Okay. Just summing it up. I'm just good at summing it up and getting straight to the point. Um, while sex workers must like to be able to organize as workers advocate for the rights of the work together to support and protect themselves in countries that ban sex work. Okay. Okay. Wow. No justice and no health care. If you cr keep criminalizing sex work, if you decriminalize it, you get justice, health care, legal protection, exercise of the key rights. Cool. If you decriminalize it, cool, cool. Legal recognition of sex workers and occupation maximizes the protection, dignity, and equality. This is a important step towards destigmatizing sex work. Cool. Public benefits, safety, social safety net, safe working conditions, uh, no discrimination in law practice, all good when it comes to fully decriminalizing sex work for governments. Um, more of any regulations controlling sex workers and activities need to be non-discriminatory and otherwise comply with international human rights law. For example, restrictions that would prevent those engaged in sex work from organizing collectively or working in a safe environment are not legitimate restrictions. Good. 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 You know, let's go after anybody trying to make life hell for sex workers, legally speaking. People engaged in voluntary sex work may come from backgrounds of poverty and marginalization and face discrimination and inequality, including in their access to the job market. With this in mind, Human Rights Watch supports measures to improve the human rights situation for sex work, including research and access to education, financial support, job training and placement, social services, and information. Human Rights um, Watch also encourages efforts to address discrimination based on gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, race, ethnicity. Immigration status affecting sex workers. Awesome, 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 awesome. You know, wow. The Nordic model goes to insects were terrible, in my view. It makes it harder for sex workers to find safe places to work, unite, work together, support, and protect one another, advocate for their rights, even open a bank account for their business, stigmatize, marginalize sex work, at least invulnerable to violence. Abused by police as they're working, their clients are still criminalized. All horrible. Wow. So it got the sex workers. A lot of them had traumatic experiences with police, you know, being harassed and profiled or, or, or arrested or laughed at not being taken seriously. Even when they report crimes, sex workers may not be willing to testify in court against their assailants and rapists for fear, fierce, uh, fear, for fear of facing sanctions or further abuse because of their working status. Horrible. Horrible. Sex workers in South Africa, for example, said they did not report armed robbery or rape to the police. They said they're afraid of being arrested because their work is illegal. The experience with police is unlawful. Wow. 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 Wow.
even rape, assault, and murder because of the criminalization of sex work. By attackers, these sex workers are easy targets because they're stigmatized and unlikely to seek help from the police. Unsafe location to avoid the police. That's what criminalization forces on sex workers. You got people who are doing shitty things to sex workers, criminalized environments, police officers harassing sex workers, extort bribes, and physically verbally abuse sex workers, or even rape or coerce sex with them. Fuck up. Fuck up. Criminalizing adult voluntary consensual sex, including the commercial exchange of sexual services, is just incompatible with the human right to personal autonomy and privacy. In short, a government should not be telling consenting adults who they can have sexual relations with and on what terms. I Yes, I'm glad that I support the full decriminalization of consensual adult sex work. Yes, I do. Wow. Oh, last one for this article. When a sex worker is a victim of a crime, including sexual violence, the police should promptly investigate and refer suspects for prosecution. When a person exchanges sex for money as a result of coercion, for example, by a pimp, or experiences violence from a pimp or a customer or is a victim of trafficking or these are serious crimes, the police should investigate promptly and refer the case for prosecution. Awesome. See, I'm trying to keep this simple, y'all. I don't want to bore y'all with, you don't say the same things over and over. But I say good stuff. I say good stuff. Uh, Well, kind of see, did I say everything I needed to? So you have the Entertainment Adult Union, the only Department of Labor approved union representing the adult industry. Um, wow. And I share a little bit about them. I think that they're basically about fighting for uh, the rights of performers and the rights of anyone in the adult industry, right? That's basically what they're about. I like to keep things short and simple and sweet. Okay. Um, And you have hesitancy to speak up about rights on porn sets. That's too, that's true. Exposing every part of your body is a vulnerability. Means you are completely open, right? Hmm. And no one should be checking their rights at the door. 
In, in terms of regulation, the aim should be to provide performance with the freedom to make their own decisions about fear of risking job security or safety. Individuals who work in industry should not be required to compromise health, safety, well being. And despite the current lack of understanding about the implications of working in porn, one thing is clear performance wish to enter in the industry should be able to do so without having to check their rights at the door. Um, and just pay people fairly. And respect porn performance opinion, make sure that they have opinion and like the fact that they want to do things they are comfortable with and don't pressure them to do things they're not comfortable with. And don't say, well, it's part of the script, so you have to. No, 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 don't don't say those highly demeaning shits. No, 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 no. And tell people the details of the performance eventually not and, and eventually make sure that everything is mutually agreed upon. When walking, Asian men are told you be doing what you what you be doing, or they're general about it because they don't want you to have a pain with like it or not. No, 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 those are all terrible. All terrible. A government should not be turning a blind eye to getting issues around production pornography. Um, make sure it's all ethical. All ethical. Um, you know. You know, condoms, dental dams, and goggles for porn actors. I said, okay. You know, I would say. All safe sexual practices that people know that helps them not have any infections or diseases, I'm all for it. And I don't no hurting the porn industry, no hurting the job security, no driving underground, don't have any more dangerous conditions that um, human rights abuses can cause. And don't limit performance rights. And don't deny their voice, don't deny bodily autonomy, don't marginalize them anymore, and don't marginalize them at all. Um, that's how I feel. I'm trying my best to just get it really, really short. I'm going to say a couple of things because um, I really did need to wrap up. And basically, with ethical porn, this is just what you do. Enjoy the diversity. I think I did this one before. Eth ethical porn creators will try to honor performances boundaries, giving them time to physically and emotionally prepare before filming. The higher producers and writers are more intentional and content-driven. But Gene emphasized that ethical porn doesn't mean stopping all aggressive behavior or power play. People can have healthy, consensual, aggressive sex. You should be the only one. Oh, okay, you already heard that. I'm trying to get this done, y'all. Let's talk so much about it, you pretty much understand. But I'll say this last one, then I'll end the episode. Gene says that mainstream porn is often defined by the feedback loop of search engine optimization, SEO. Right now, abuse of porn is a lot because of what people are into, Gene says. SEO drives that, something the porn companies supply. Well, no one person is responsible for the problematic trends in mainstream porn like normative beauty standards or racial stereotypes. Gene says individual viewers can choose to break the patterns to be more intentional with what they're watching. You're only seeing the same types of bodies over and over again and only seeing them behave the same way. 
And that starts to be what we expect. It starts to be what we're into. Gene says, it's important to expose yourself to various bodies to a variety of races, our ACES, sexual identities, to change things up and learn new things. Well, I'm officially done talking about sex work and my feminism and sex positivity. Um, so thank you for listening. It's been an enjoyable series. Part five, over now.